Do you want to stop yelling and have your child listen to? Well, I have exciting news for you. If you're hearing this right now, it means that the doors to mindful parenting are open at mindfulparentingcourse.com. This only happens for a limited time, and it may be perfect for you if you want to be that patient, calm parent, but you're afraid of being walked all over, you're losing it, and you want to be that steady, peaceful parent, you don't have a cohesive method, and you take in bad advice like just count to one, two, three. Mindful parenting is an evidence-based system that not only teaches you how to calm your reactivity, but offers you a ton of personal guidance. A lot of other parenting coaches talk about the best way to respond to your child, but guess what? They don't walk you through the research-proven practices that it really takes to create changes that actually last. Mindful Parenting teaches you the specific steps to create cooperative, loving relationships for life. In Mindful Parenting, you can learn how to stay calm, even if you find yourself shouting hourly now. Be present for your child no matter what they're going through. Resolve conflicts easily without yelling or taking away the iPad. Set limits without your child resenting you for days afterward. And build trust between you and your child so that you avoid misery in the teen years. The doors are open now at mindfulparentingcourse.com. Unlike other programs in Mindful Parenting, we offer one-on-one coaching to every member and weekly drop-in coaching sessions. Don't wait anymore. You and your kids are worth leveling up. Go to mindfulparentingcourse.com and join now before the doors close again. That's mindfulparentingcourse.com. I'll see you there. You're listening to the Mindful Mama podcast, episode 160. Today, we're talking about how to reclaim your time. Welcome to the Mindful Mama podcast. Here, it's about becoming a less irritable, more joyful parent. At Mindful Mama, we know that you cannot give what you do not have. And when you have calm and peace within, then you can give it to your children. I'm your host, Hunter Clarkfield's Mindful Mama mentor. I help smart, thoughtful moms stay calm so they can have strong, connected relationships with their children. I've been practicing mindfulness for over 20 years. I'm the creator of the Mindful Parenting course, and I'm the author of the upcoming new book, Raising Good Humans, a mindful guide to breaking the cycle of reactive parenting and raising kind, confident kids. Welcome back. Welcome back, dear listener. I'm so glad to connect with you again and a big welcome to you if you're a new listener. So cool. Thanks for popping me in your earbuds and going for a walk with me or folding laundry with me or driving with me, whatever you're doing. I'm so glad for you to be here. In just a minute, we're going to be talking about how to reclaim your time and whether you are in time poverty, right? Do you know what that is? It's crazy. We're going to talk a little bit about that and you know, the chances are, yes, like so many of us are in time poverty, right? We're, we're rushing and going and all that stuff. So, and sometimes it's even the wealthiest families who have the least time. So this podcast is about taking time to fight back against the culture of busy. And I'm going to give you eight tips for reclaiming your time and your life. So I can't wait for you to join me in this episode 
And before we dive in, I just want to let you know that I have a bunch of free resources for you to implement some of the tips and and ideas here in this episode. And they are at mindfulmamamentor.com slash resources, including free course, guided meditations and yoga. So I hope you will check that out. And I hope that when you're done, you'll join the Mindful Mama tribe and get in on the conversations that happen in our private Facebook group, etc. So without further ado, let's dive into this episode. I know a couple of families that are really pretty wealthy in my eyes. Their one family lives in a major city and they have lots of events. They work hard, you know, they they work hard doing their jobs. They live in a nice neighborhood and they travel and do a lot of activities. The kids do activities and languages and they have amazing home renovations and from the outside, it's really like living the dream, right? Like the kids have really cute clothes and lots and lots of toys and they do a lot of, a lot of activities. But what I see from the perspective of seeing them a little bit more from the inside and is that they're really in time poverty. They have all this wealth, but they aren't able to experience a sense of ease and relaxation in their daily life. They aren't able to experience the the benefits of of all this wealth because of the constant going, going, going and the doing, doing, doing that they're really in a sense of time poverty. And it's funny because, you know, in my family, it's a whole different value. But it's not that uncommon. I have another family who's also like very, very wealthy that I've, I know. And they're going all the time too and running all around too. And they are not able to experience their time as spacious and relaxed. And so that's what I wanted to talk to you about because chances are you might be in time poverty too. Does that ring, you know, a bell for you? I mean, really everywhere I look, I see people are rushing and running around and stressed. And we all want more hours in the day. It's so ubiquitous that it's, you know, we say, oh, how are you doing? You know, busy, that kind of thing, right? But this is um, a thing that's become more and more a problem. But money rich, time poor, it's an expression which arose in Britain in the end of the 20th century to describe groups of people who, while having like, you know, high disposable income through well-paid employment, have very relatively little leisure time as a result. And so it's this has been talked about as time poverty, right? And Melinda Gates wrote about this actually in 2016. And there was an article about this, you know, are you spending too much time doing unpaid work? And really worldwide, women spend an average of 4.5 hours a day doing unpaid work, four and a half hours a day doing unpaid work, more than double the amount of time men spend. And it's work that's historically undervalued and often taken for granted, right? So we see this 
We see this also in the United States, a big gender gap in time spent engaged in leisure activities. So according to the Department of Labor, over the course of one year, the average American span man will spend 73 more hours than his female counterpart participating in sports, exercise, or recreation. 73 more hours. And check this out. This is so crazy. So our man here, he's not just getting more fit than we are, though. He's also kind of vegging out more than the women, too. So the average American man will spend 36.5 more hours watching television and another 36.5 more hours participating in other leisure activities, including travel, than she will. So across the categories for which the Department of Labor gathered data, men will spend 255 additional hours per year engaged in leisure activities than women will. It's pretty shocking, right? I mean, 255 more hours. So I'm speaking a lot to the women here, obviously. We are spending a lot of our time doing working while maybe our partners are not. So, you know, how does this correlate with, how does this correlate from this data from the Department of Labor correlate with overall quality of life? Hmm? How does this affect our lives? Well, women are twice as likely as men to suffer from depression and twice as likely to suffer from sleep disorders too. And you know, these both of these things can have biological components that we have no control over, but research has also overwhelmingly demonstrated that leisure activities are an antidote. They're an antidote to depression and to sleep disorders. Like if you're getting a good amount of exercise in the day and having leisure and relaxing, you're much more likely to feel better and sleep better. So we can really see this. And so Melinda Gates talks about this and says that the solution to reducing this gender gap in unpaid work lies in reducing the amount of time that unpaid work demands, right? Recognizing, making clear the hidden assumptions that we all make about how women and men should spend their time and redistribute the workload of things like laundry and childcare. Laundry, oh my God, it feels like the bane of so many people's existence. We're going to talk about this, right? So we're going to talk about, I have eight ways to help you create more time wealth and less time poverty in your life. And I want you to think about like when we're talking about aiming towards time wealth, I want you to think about these tips and ideas that I'm going to present to you as North Stars to aim at. And what that means is it's not like a list of to-dos that I want you to feel less than if this isn't your life, right? But I want you to think about whenever you have a point, a choice point, right? I want you to then think about these as North Stars and aim your choice towards more time freedom, okay? I want to tell you about a great podcast that you should check out, especially if you ever deal with any school system, which you probably do. It's called Understood Explains. This season of the show is hosted by teacher and special education expert Juliana Ortube, and it's all about how to navigate individual education plans, also known as IEPs. 
And the season of Understood Explains covers topics like how to tell if your child needs an IEP and busts common myths about special education. So I checked out the episode on the difference between IEPs and 504 plans because my daughter Maggie uses a 504 plan and it was really, really helpful. It went over all the differences, which one's better, how to get them, different myths and what your rights are, all kinds of different things that you should understand if your child may need extra help in education through an IEP or a 504 plan. The tone is super helpful, friendly, and smart. I highly recommend you check it out. To listen to Understood Explains, just search for Understood Explains in your podcast app. That's it. Understood Explains. When it comes to raising kids, there's so much to consider. Things like, what do we feed them? When do we feed them? How do they sleep? What does it look like to raise kind kids? How does their nervous system work? How do I keep myself calm? What are my triggers? There's so much that comes into play. And we are distilling all of that information for you at Voices of Your Village podcast, where we bring experts in the field of early childhood and education and psychology and across the board so that you don't have to comb the internet for information. You get to show up and hang out and have shame-free, judgment-free conversations and insights into what it looks like to raise kind, empathetic, emotionally intelligent humans. I'm Alyssa Blask-Campbell. I have a master's degree in early childhood education. I'm a mom of two, and I am walking this journey right alongside you doing this work. Come hang out with me at Voices of Your Village, and we can dive into real conversations with actionable tips. So number one tip that I have for you is to say no to requests. I know this sounds so crazy, right? Like I was on the board of a Montessori charter school and I did a lot of work to help that school come to fruition and there's wonderful things like that. And we get requests all the time for all kinds of things. And we know that it's really wonderful to volunteer at your school. And to volunteer for your church or wherever you're being requested to volunteer at. But you don't have to do everything and you shouldn't feel badly for saying no. I mean, we're just inundated with so many requests for time from schools, churches, community organizations that we can really walk around with a lot of guilt if we're not doing hashtag all the things, right? And if you're someone who, you know, you might know if you're like an obliger or people pleaser, right? If you're always putting someone else's needs before your own, then this is, might be the, a real huge source of a lot of your stress, right? You're probably feeling constantly stressed and busy and have big feelings of not enough because the truth is like we have to have time for ourselves to be able to give to others. We have to have time for relaxation, for peace, for ease, for taking care of our bodies, for taking care of our minds, if we're going to be able to give effectively to others, if we are always giving to our schools and community organizations and churches, then we're depleting ourselves, we're not really doing much good. And it's like, it's a recipe for resentment and burnout. And we don't want that, right? So we want to be able to give, we want to be able to be generous. That's a wonderful thing to do. But you don't have to say yes to everything. In fact, you should be very selective about what you say yes to. You should practice. I invite you to really practice saying no to requests. 
People will ask, it's wonderful to ask, but you don't have to say yes to everything. And I want you to think about the demands on your time and the quality of your life, right? Like we are, you know, how we live every day is how we live, how we live like each day. This is how we live our lives. And if you're living each day, running from one thing to the next, to the next, to the next, then you're, you're hurrying, your nervous system sees that hurry as a threat. So you're in a constant state of stress response. And this is not a great way to live life. And I do want to model living this the w- life this way for your kids, right? We have to show our kids and live in such a way that we value ourselves and we value our time. And you can say no, say no to requests. I did. I was doing this wonderful thing. I was doing this wonderful volunteering, which I felt really good about. About a year ago, I was volunteering teaching yoga and mindfulness in the women's prison in Delaware. And I I loved it. It felt really good to be able to give this, you know, this expertise I have and this resource and to share this with people who so needed it. They're so traumatized and they're so stressed, right? It felt amazing. And I loved that feeling of generosity. And then the book Raising Good Humans came around and I had to start writing and I had to, I have to, you know, run my business and do my podcasts and all these things. And I had to stop to say no. And that's okay. I don't feel bad about that because I can't do everything. So say no to some requests. Number two, ask for help. Are you the laundry service, the cook and the maid for your house? You don't have to be. You know, we just saw in those statistics that are generally men are doing a lot less work than women are. And oh my gosh, if you're you're in Japan, it's so, so skewed. It's crazy. You don't have to be doing all the things. Your partner can do his own laundry or her own laundry. That's fine, right? Like you can say, here's your own laundry basket, babe. I'm not going to do the la- that laundry anymore. And that's fine. You don't have to do that, okay? So you can ask for help and talk about your needs as far as what are all the things that are happening in your house. So in Mindful Parenting, we talk about this. We talk about um, ways to do problem solving in such a way. But one of the things I invite people to do that's really great is to write down all the things that you're doing or write down all the things your partner's doing. Write them down on and and little slips of paper so you can kind of move them around. Anyway, you can start to have a conversation with your kids, have a conversation with your partner. These are all the things that I'm doing. I'm feeling like I'm doing a lot and I would like some help. It's feel like it's too much, right? You're allowed to do that. Even if you're a stay-at-home mom, you're allowed to ask for help. Your job doesn't have to be 24 hours a day when, you know, your partner's job ends. And kids can do a lot more than we give them credit for. And actually, they should do more. Like, it's helpful for them to do more. They need to have these life skills. We don't want to be raising kids who have no ability to take care of themselves. They should learn how to make their own lunches. They should learn how to do their laundry, put it away. You can teach them to fold. Or, you know what I do when I'm done with my daughter's laundry? It goes on the floor of her room. And it's her job to put it away. She can fold it if she wants. She doesn't have to. It's not a big deal. So part of asking for help may be checking in with yourself and saying, well, can I lower my standards a little? Can 
Can I let my partner, my kids make mistakes and not have it be at this perfect optimal level, right? When we go for good enough, we realize that we can have more time for enjoying life when we have, when we can go for good enough. So ask, ask for help and think about, you know, kids can do a lot more. You can ask your partner to do more. You can ask him to be doing some meals and things like that. My husband actually cooks about half our meals. I'm really, I couldn't do that. All the meals on my own, I would drive me bananas. But think about what is your time worth too? So part of asking for help might be, you know, getting help might be an option for you getting paid professional help, right? It might be actually more affordable than you realize. It may just be something that you have denied yourself and it may be legitimately financially not an option, but it might be actually. So you never know. Like we have someone who comes in and cleans our bathrooms every other week and it's super affordable. It's amazing. And I never would have even realized that unless I started like shopping around and asking around and asking people. So you might be surprised getting some professional help with some of those things might be an option for you. And I encourage everybody to get some professional help with childcare and babysitting at least some of the time or to, you know, or to have where you, you share with friends or something like that. But childcare is one of the best things you can do for your quality of life, especially when your kids are like really little and they're so intensive. And if you're in that place where you have really little kids, it makes the quality of life so much better to be able to have a break, even if it's just for an hour or two, to go for a walk on your own, to spend time with your partner. When Bill, a few years ago, I remember when he was got his 3% raise and we were like, oh, okay, great. Like, what can we do with this? And we thought maybe we can put it away in savings. But he, and I thought this was so wise of him. He said, you know, actually the, you know, what the research says about the quality of life is that us going out more will improve our quality of life. So we took that 3% raise and we got, did a date night more often than we used to. And it was great. It was great. So it's incredible resource to invest in in some childcare and some babysitters or to get creative about creating some time away from your kids so that you just for your sanity, but just to give yourself some some me time. And actually some of the there's some you can be creative about this too. Like we had a um a girl who was a homeschooled kid. She was twelve years old. She took the babysitting class. She came over while I was home as a mother's helper and watched my kids. And it was incredibly inexpensive. It was so worth it. It was like the cost of a Starbucks coffee per hour for her to come. So it was amazing. So you never know until you start to say, if you don't start to say, you know, my time is valuable, this is worthwhile to me. You, When you start to say, yes, this is what I want you know, you can start to look around and the universe can open up some doors for you. You never know until you start to ask and look around. Okay, tip number three to get some more time in your life. I want to add another tip in here. I want to add in at the end, I'm going to add another another one in here, but let's go back to number three. So tip number three is to shorten your commute or work from home. And this might not be possible for you. I know that. But think about this again as the North Star that maybe it might be possible at some point and when there's a choice point, right? But you can think about it as 
what you're working towards, right? And you never, the thing is like, we can ask, right? Nothing ventured, nothing gained. When my, my husband, Bill, and I met when I was in college, and he started working for the company he works for now, then. And so I went after college, when I graduated, I was going to graduate school in Boston. And we had been in Delaware, and now I was going to Boston. And so he said to this company, well, I'm going to Boston, and I can work for you remotely if you'd like me to. And you know, otherwise I'm going to Boston. So he asked, and then he's been working from home ever since then. So he's been working home for a good 20 years now. And it's amazing. He goes into the office sometimes, but there's a lot of offices that are becoming more flexible about this. So maybe that'll work for you. You don't know if you don't ask, right? So ask and see if you can, you know, make that part of your North Star. Number four, Put some boundaries on your availability. So I don't work at night. I don't check email before I go to bed. I have boundaries on my availability. I don't work on the weekends and I make that on purpose. So we can do that on our availability, whether it's for things like working and stuff for, for home or working for all different kinds of availability. So you can think about that as far as volunteering, but you can also think about that as far as your your stuff that you have at home. So you might say, if you're having trouble stopping and resting and having ease and relaxation in your life, you might give yourself a boundary on the amount of time you can work. Like you might say, after eight o'clock at night, I don't do any work, including like dishes and tidying and things like that, right? So you can put a boundary on that. You can put a boundary on your availability in the morning. A lot of my clients want to create a mindfulness meditation practice. And so they say to their kids, I'm not available, If depending on how old their kids are and how it works for them, I'm not available until, you know, 6.30 in the morning, you know, from 6 to 6.30, this is my time. And after that, I'm available after 6.30. So putting a boundary on your availability. You can do that with your kids. You can do that with your work. You can do that with, you You know, all kinds of things. And I think that's another place of setting expectations for others about how you value your time. And we can do this. You can do it. Just think about it as this North Star, right? Like, where do you want to have some leisure in your life? Do you want to be able to have your nights to relax? Do you want to have some time in the morning? And start to think about when you have these choice points about making that time. So tip number five, block out downtime in your calendar. And this may be that you put in your calendar time to just chill and watch a show. It might be you put in your calendar a yoga class that you want to get to. Might be you just put in time for nothing, time to relax and read a a novel in your calendar, time to go for a walk with friends. So think about how you can block out and put downtime into your calendar so that, so that it's something that you schedule and it's something just as valuable as all the activities is time to recover from the activities. So tip number six, take a weekly Sabbath break from screens and social media. So in my family, we do screen-free Sunday. And this is so nourishing and healing for us. And to make this part of the regular habit, maybe it's just like 
Sunday evenings or Saturday evenings or something like that, or some afternoon or whatever. But the thing is, social media and TV, they perpetuate a culture of comparison and distraction. And the images you see there are the best from others, right? And they're not indicative of the whole scope of real life. You know, the images you you see on my Instagram, like I'm not showing you uh, taking a snapshot of when my child's having a cry. Like that's not just not going to happen. So we know that social media is a time suck. We know that it takes you away from your real life. And we know that it actually kind of makes you unhappy when you're just kind of scrolling through, right? Well, hey there, busy mama. Are you looking for ways to make your life easier, your home less chaotic, and at the same time, add more joy to your life? My name is Deanna Yates, and I'm the host of Wanna Be Clutter Free, a podcast all about letting go of the stuff we don't need in our lives so that we can focus on what truly matters. Don't worry, I'm not going to tell you to throw it all away or make you feel guilty about keeping something you love, no matter how many other people don't quite understand it but I will give you practical and more importantly, actionable advice so that you can make progress right away. And you won't just hear it from me. There are amazing guests too. It's like having your bestie in your pocket, telling you it's okay to let go of the things that are not serving you and your family in a totally non-judgmental way. So join me over on the podcast where we can work on progress over perfection for those of us that want to be clutter-free. I'm Margaret. And I'm Amy. And together we host the podcast, What Fresh Hell? Laughing in the Face of Motherhood. Margaret, I would say you're sort of a where are my keys kind of mom. Correct. Sometimes a where are my kids kind of mom. (laughs) Well, you're Amy more of a we were supposed to leave 35 seconds ago, mom. I mean, touche. In each episode of What Fresh Hell, we come at a topic from our usually completely opposite perspectives. I bring the research. And I bring kind of the gimlet eye. Like, is that research really going to work, people? And almost 10 million downloads later, we're still laughing. We also talk to experts in the parenting field, plus parents with stories we can all learn from. We make each other laugh, we challenge each other's assumptions, and we have what we think is the best parenting community on the internet. Check out What Fresh Hell? Laughing in the Face of Motherhood wherever you listen to podcasts. So... Taking a break from screens, taking a break from social media is a way to give yourself time in real life, to give yourself time to be present in your body, in your mind, in your spirit, with your family. It's how much nicer would it be? And and not that you have to do this all the time, but like to, to play a game together. We play this great game called Ticket to Ride. I love it. We don't do that all the time. Sometimes we sit down and watch TV together too, or sometimes the girls, they do their own screen time and we do our own screen time. Like that happens too. But it's nice to have weekly a break so that you can kind of reset and you can get your brain back into your body, come back to real life, come back to what's important. Okay, number seven, mindfulness meditation. You knew I was going to get that in there, didn't you? So when you're constantly busy improving your life, your work, and your relationships, right, you're bound to feel stressed. And maybe you become anxious when you evaluate your life, or perhaps you feel depressed because you're falling short of your goals, right? And mindfulness is a strategy for directing yourself away from self-incriminating thoughts. We can practice meditation. It's a practice of 
paying attention to your body, to your mind and your surroundings in a non-judgmental manner. So if all these other things of our culture and all this stuff is promoting comparison, is promoting distraction, mindfulness is really, really the antidote for that, right? And even if you only have a few minutes a day for practicing mindfulness, that it can really, you can really feel that change in your mental and physical health. And, you know, there's a ton of benefits from inserting some mindfulness meditation into your daily routine, even if it's just a couple of minutes or a minute or two, right? So mindful people are able to bounce back faster from low moods. They spend less energy and time on negative thinking, and they also tend to be more resilient against depression, anxiety, and other mental health problems. And it can help you focus and be more creative and thoughtful about your work and your relationships. So it sounds kind of weird that I'm saying to that to get back your time, do another thing, right? To sit quietly and focus your attention on your maybe your breathing or the sensations in your body, right? Our, our breath is the most palpable way of practicing mindfulness. But it's something that gives us time because when we, our minds are clear, our thinking is clear, and we're able to single task, we're able to savor, we're able to get things done more quickly and easily because we, our mind is not um, practicing distraction all, quite so much. And it's actually building that muscle of focus and concentration a little bit more. And it's not something that changes everything overnight. But it's really like in a world where everything's like telling you to go, 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 and to compare and to achieve, you know, it's all about constant achievement and, and grasping for more, more. Mindfulness meditation is about sitting with what is and stopping. And it's so valuable. It just helps us to sit with what is and be present and we sit and we're present and all, you know, our brains are like crazy monkeys, right? That monkey mind is a real, real thing. But the truth is like, if we want to be present for any other parts of our lives, if we want to be present for our kids, if we want to be really present and available for our families, for, for what's happening in our lives and not constantly planning and achieving and ticking things off the list mentally, then it really helps to build that muscle. It's not something that, you know, if you're always practicing distraction, if you're always practicing, get the next thing done. You'll never, that's a restlessness. You're practicing restlessness. It's really important to practice peace. It's important to practice relaxation. It's important to practice ease, right? Because what we practice grows stronger. So mindfulness meditation can really give you time back. Get, take back some of that time. <laughs> All right. And then thinking about number eight, I was thinking about, you know, the idea of making time your most valuable resource. But I think that's clear maybe in this whole list, right? That we should be valuing ourselves. We should, you know, we just have this one life and how we live each day is how we live our lives. So this just thinking about time because our time is really, uh, we can't get it back, right? So this is our most valuable resource. So how do we protect it? I'm going to make, I'm going to make number eight instead, simplify. 
And that means maybe simplify your stuff, your maybe your wardrobe, your crazy garage, you know, your uh, Christmas chatskis. I don't know what you need to simplify, but getting rid of the clutter and all that extra that we don't really need is freeing for us to be in the present moment, in here and now, and be able to live our lives now as they are, right? It's, you know, have you ever seen um, the movie Labyrinth? And in the movie Labyrinth, there's this like puppet woman and and um, the the main character, she's been popped into this room and there's all this clutter and stuff everywhere. And this puppet woman just starts attaching things onto her. And it's all this stuff like her old teddy bear and all the stuff sticks to her. And everything's clear. It makes it harder and harder for her to move through the space. We are like that. You know, all this stuff makes it harder and harder. So if we can give ourselves time to have fewer clothes, have fewer stuff in our kitchen, have less, less of all the stuff that can really help us create some more time and then really make, make our time our most valuable resource. All right, so those are my eight tips. I'm gonna just do a quick review of them. It's say no to requests, ask for help, shorten your work or your commute to work or work from home, put boundaries on your availability, block out downtime in your calendar, take a weekly Sabbath break from screens and social media, mindfulness meditation, and simplify. And these are ways that we can start to get out of time poverty, right? We may have incredible wealth. Like just if you're a person living in the U.S., like you probably means you're in the top 2% of wealthy people in the world, right? We have prosperity all around us. But we, we squander the real true wealth of our lives, which is our time. And so I say that, you know, part of what we need to do with this is to, and part of what I want to do with this pod, this episode right now is to push back against time poverty and push back against that, this idea that we should be busy all the time and call BS on that. Like that's not true. You don't have to be busy all the time. You can, you know, when you have choice points, you can aim towards time freedom and time wealth. And you know what? Right now, I'm feeling so incredibly grateful for my life. I see my husband a lot. I see my kids a lot. I feel so, so grateful. And part of it, you know, there's part of it is fate and lucky circumstances and things like that. That's true. Absolutely. But part of it is that when we've been able to make a choice, we have chosen to create time to create time for ourselves we didn't you know our house could use some stuff all this stuff can happen but we're choosing to spend our resources on spending time with each other because that's really the most important thing for me is to spend time with my family and my friends and to be really present for this life so i hope that me sharing this in this podcast episode can help you say, you know, there at least show this alternative to that that time poverty of constant classes and and 
and busy and going and going, you know, you don't have to go to two birthday parties in a row. Say no. And so I hope this podcast will encourage you to say, I can say no, I can ask for help, and I can do these things. So I I hope this helps you to get there. Hey, thank you so much for listening. I know you have so many choices out there and lots of things to do and and it's a world of things out there. So I really am grateful that you have chosen to spend this time with me and I hope this is time well spent and that it starts, you know, maybe some bit by bit changes for your life. If you have any questions, you're welcome to find me in social media or email me at hunter at mindfulmamamentor.com. And I hope that you will support the podcast. We have so many great episodes, episodes with Dan Siegel and Kristen Neff and other amazing guests, as well as on our coaching and things like that. So I hope that you will help this community grow. Podcast has been growing a lot and we have over 20,000 amazing people on the Mindful Mama tribe on the, in the email list and we connect and talk at the Facebook page on our private Facebook page. So I hope that you'll join us. I hope you'll join me. It's a great way to connect and uh, you can do that over at mindfulmamamentor.com. And if you enjoy the podcast, do me a solid and leave a review and a rating on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to podcasts because it makes such a big difference, right? We want to help start to shift these things, shift things for our our generation, help us help more women take their time back and to help people just be more present and have happier relationships, right? We want all those things for, so let's, let's help other people find the podcast and you can do that. A great way to do that is by leaving a review. And they, they're amazing. They make me feel so good too. So that's a great thing to do. So I hope you'll do that. And also just share it with your friends. Share it. If you found this episode interesting, you know some friends who have some time poverty issues, share it with them. Maybe it'll help the, to start shifts and you can create a whole cult group of people around you that have more time wealth too, right? but all the other things we talk about too, about mindfulness and mindful parenting and things like that. So please share the podcast. It makes a huge difference. And I'm just wishing you a beautiful week. I'm wishing you some moments of ease and grace and beauty. I'm wishing for you the, you know, just to be able to see the good that's in, you know, this moment, to see the changing, you know, our, our children are changing so fast. They are const- in a constant state of change. They are like a river that you never step into twice. They are always changing. So I hope that you can see them with fresh eyes today and see the beauty in them and see it in you too. So I'm wishing you a beautiful week, my friend. Have that ease. Claim it. Take it for yourself. All right. All right. Take care. Namaste. Are you a mom who wants to feel less stressed and enjoy motherhood more? Do you want to be calmer with your kids and be more present for all of your life? I'm a mom who has gone from really being stressed and yelling when my kids were young to having a more grounded, 
more at ease relationship with life and having more enjoyable cooperative relationships with my kids. And I've shown hundreds and thousands of women around the world how to do this. And I wanna show you how to do it too. So if you are currently feeling stuck or stagnant, this is definitely for you. I've created a free downloadable audible training, Mindfulness for Moms, the superpower you need. And it will show you how to respond rather than react, how to let go of stress and feel more grounded in seconds, how to have a smoother day today and become more present for your kids for a lifetime. To get on on this audio training absolutely free, simply visit the website www.mindfulmomguide.com. No one told us the truth about parenthood. Why? This is the podcast everyone needed before they had kids because now that those little ones are here, whew, there is a lot to unpack. I'm Rachel Shepardota, and I am your host for the podcast, No One Told Us, where we tell the truth about parenting and let you in on all the stuff you really should have known about before having kids. I am the founder of Hey Sleepy Baby, but this podcast is so much more than sleep. We'll be diving into all the topics that you really care about and need to know while you do your best job raising those adorable, tidy humans. Our goal is to just make you feel less alone and less overwhelmed. There are so many things that no one tells us before becoming a parent, and I think that we should really pull back the curtain on becoming a first-time or second-time mom or dad to share the good, the bad, and the ugly. We'll have a little education, a little fun, and a whole lot of heart that goes into each and every episode. So join me and our amazing guests each week to hear us talk about what no one told us 